Welcome to Behind the Schemes, a conversation about protecting our planet's precious wildlife from commerce, corruption, and counterfeit cures. This is Risha Kota Larsen with Behind the Schemes. And in this episode, we're in the presence of Javan Rhinos with Bill Constant, Program Officer for the International Rhino Foundation. You've just returned from Ujung Kulon National Park in Indonesia. Did you see any Javan Rhinos? Uh, unfortunately, no. Uh, we spent a little over a week uh, trekking through uh, Ujung Kulon, both on the peninsula and in the forest surrounding uh, Gunung Hanje, which translate as uh, translates as Ginger Mountain, mm. but we weren't able to observe any rhinos. However, we did see numerous signs of rhino presence uh, each and every day. Uh, our best estimate is that there are maybe 35 to 40 Javan rhinos remaining in the park, which covers an area of about 300 square miles. That's about a one and a half times the size of Redwood National Park in California. So I guess you could say that we saw as many Javan rhinos as we would had, had, have had we spent a week hiking in California. <laughs> uh, another way to look at it is that the rhino protection units that work in Ujangkulon last year covered about 1,700 miles on patrol without once directly observing any of these rhinos. And that's the equivalent of walking from Bangor, Maine to Miami, Florida uh, without seeing any. So don't ask me why I thought I was going to be able to just stumble across one. <laughs> Tell us more about the signs of Javan rhinos. What could you determine about the population based on what you saw? Well, the signs of rhinos, um, by contrast, were plentiful. Uh, for instance, even though uh, we were there... Um, in the middle of the dry season, when the ground is hard in many places, Javan rhinos uh, weigh between a ton and a, uh, and a half and two tons, and they tend to leave an impression. So we came across loads of, of footprints, <laughs> and the footprints often led uh, to or from pools of, of standing water or mud basins that are called wallows. Now, the rhinos use these frequently, maybe even daily, to cool off and to protect their skin from parasites. And when the rhino leaves a wallow, it typically rubs mud on the vegetation growing along the path. So you can tell where a rhino's been by checking the tree trunks, the branches, and the leaves for mud, um, up to about chest height. By observing the vegetation, you'll also see periodic evidence of feeding. The Javan rhinos are browsers. They eat um, leaves and twigs and such, and the bulk of their uh, diet might also include fruit. So they spend much of their day pruning the shrubs and the trees in their territories. In some cases, they actually pull down small trees to get to the tender leaves that are above their heads, much the same as elephants do. So since there are no elephants in Ujangkulon, this rhino calling card is is pretty much unmistakable. Hmm. So these these signs can tell us something about the local rhino population. If you see really large footprints, that suggests mature males. If you see two sets of footprints along the same trail, one set large and the other small, that indicates an adult female and her young calf. Um, If there are holes poked in the soil alongside a wallow, that indicates it was used recently by a male, and he was probably trying to expand the wallow by using his horn. The horns of female Javan rhinos are essentially non-existent. So based on these observations and the spread of such signs, 
we can estimate the number of individuals present within the area covered. So in the case of our week-long adventure, we believe we crossed the path of perhaps eight different rhinos, which would translate to about 20% of the total estimated population. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty, I think that's pretty significant. That's but cool. The best evidence we have um, of the rhino population in Ujangkulon are videos that have been shot by camera traps that, have, that were set up throughout the national park. And these have captured what we believe are 35 individual rhinos or 35 rhinos that can be identified as, as um, individuals. And that's an incredible capture rate for a population that we think is between maybe 35 and 40 animals. Wow, that's amazing. And I've seen the camera trap footage that documents almost the entire population. It's amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. What other wildlife did you see while you were there? We, we saw a fair amount of wildlife. Um, birds were prominent, hornbills, kingfishers, and, and brahmini kites, which are beautiful birds. They're also known as the red-backed uh, sea eagle. We saw monitor lizards, uh, saltwater crocodiles, and leaf monkeys. But perhaps the most exciting encounter we had was with a small herd of Javan Bantang, which is an endangered species of wild cattle native to Southeast Asia. Now, Bantang are pretty big, too. Uh, the, the bulls, the dark-colored bulls, weigh up to about a ton, and the females, the cows, uh, maybe a few hundred pounds less. Now, we saw some in a clearing, and I was able to cross a few hundred yards of scrub and pasture to sneak up on this particular herd without being detected, taking advantage of, of some tree cover in between and the fact that the wind was blowing from them to me instead of the other way so they couldn't pick up my scent. I was able to close the distance about 20 yards and then snap a few photos of them, which for me was very exciting. Wow, that's cool. Are they about the size of a buffalo then? Yeah, about the, about the same as a, uh, or maybe a little bit smaller than a, than a bison. Mm -hmm. um, they are, uh, they're pretty impressive animals. And uh, while I was trying to get close to them, I was making sure that I could get back to the tree line if, in fact, they detected me and weren't happy about me being there. Ultimately, <laughs> they did detect me, but they went in the other direction, which is, uh, that was good for me. <laughs> Um, going back to the Javan rhinos, how far along is the Javan Rhino Conservation Center? Yeah, the uh, it's called the uh, Javan Rhino Rhino uh, Javan Rhino Study and Conservation Area, and uh, it's moving along pretty well. It's about a four thousand hectare tract of forest, about ten thousand acres, and it's been it's divided into one square kilometer um, experimental plots for conservation and research purposes. Now, it, parts of it were inhabited by uh, local people, but they've been moved from these illegal settlements and have been relocated in a traditional use zone that's adjacent to the national park, and that's been done. Mm -hmm. uh, as a result, the plots are beginning to revert back to natural forest, and a narrow tract is being cleared through the forest for installation of a perimeter fence that's going to be a formal boundary. And uh, habitat reclamation efforts are also underway. A new guard station has been constructed, and there's a nursery now of rhino food plants that uh, has been established for replanting or reclaiming habitat within the, uh, within the area. Oh, that's excellent news. And speaking of the uh, 
area there. We've been hearing about an invasive palm. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, a, a significant uh, portion of, of the entire national park is covered by what's known as um, Arenga palm, or locals call it linecap. It's an invasive species, and it dominates the forest understory. It, uh, it lets in very little light, and the very little light reaches the forest floor, and thus this palm, where it's abundant, it crowds out other uh, plant species. Hmm. So an area rich in Arenga palm is uh, poor in rhino food plants. That makes the number one priority in the Javan uh, rhino study in conservation area to clear tracts of orang uh, palm and allow rhino food plants um, to recolonize that uh, area of forest. So these one, hec uh, one hectare experimental plots, that's about two to three acres, have been cleared to determine the most uh, effective techniques and to measure rates and patterns of plant regrowth. So if you cut palms and let them lay where they fall, some rhino food plants will recolonize the area uh, automatically. Um, you won't have to uh, plant them, but the seeds will germinate. But also the cut palms will send up shoots from uh, their underground roots and eventually reclaim the area uh, for themselves. However, if you clear and clean the area of palms, more rhino food plants will re-enter and fewer palm shoots will sprout from the roots. And I was very impressed by the rate at which the food plants seem to grow. It's, it's quite, it is quite impressive. A barren area can become covered with a layer of waist-high or chest-high vegetation in, in a less than a year. Uh, in fact, the researchers there are already observing an increase in the number of the job and, of job and rhinos that um, frequent the study area within the first year of the study. So the goal uh, for this project is eventually to clear more than 1,000 hectares of the invasive palms and thus increase the park's carrying capacity for rhinos. Oh, that's great news. And what's the latest on the plans to establish a second population of Javan rhinos? Yeah, that's, that's a, uh, a ways off, but it's, um, it's in our sights. Uh, since Ujung Kulon now represents the final stronghold or the last stand for the Javan rhino, it's critical that a, um, that a second population be reestablished somewhere else within the species' historic range. Uh, but in a place where the species can now be protected because it, it has been eliminated from that uh, section already. Yeah. Studies, uh, a study has already been conducted that uh, confirms no such significant areas um, exist anymore on Java. Hmm. So the plans are to conduct similar studies on the neighboring island of Sumatra, which also held Javan rhinos at one time. However, potential sites are few and far between but the species is at too great a risk from natural disasters or disease if all the eggs remain in one basket, if you will, in Ujian Kulon. It'll take a number of years to identify a second habitat and, and then to put in place a reliable protection system, but it'll also take several years for the Ujian Kulon population to increase to the point that there are enough rhinos uh, so that the experiment of reestablishing a second population can be undertaken. Hmm. And what can people do to help International Rhino Foundation ensure a future for Javan rhinos? Well, people can help by supporting um, the rhino protection units that work full-time um, to patrol the forest and, and protect the existing Javan rhino populations in the park, um, as well as the efforts that we just 
talked about to do uh, to increase rhino numbers. Those are two very important mm-hmm. aspects of the conservation strategy for this this species. Now, people can do that very easily by visiting the IRF website, www.rhinos.org, and making a donation. It's important. Javan rhino is the rarest large mammal on the planet, and it's one that has essentially remained a mystery to us since being discovered nearly two centuries ago. The bottom line, this is very likely our last chance to save the species from extinction. There are a lot of dedicated people um, you know, working in the field, and also a lot of committed people who around the world who are supporting this, and um, I'd like to you know, personally thank them for everything that they are doing. Well, thank you also, Bill, for joining us again. As always, it was a great pleasure to speak with you, and it was also very informative. Well, uh, I thank you very much, Risha, and uh, look forward to the next time that we can uh, talk. Me too. You've been listening to In the Presence of Javan Rhinos with Bill Constant, Program Officer for the International Rhino Foundation. This is Risha Kota Larson with Behind the Schemes.